how are you doing? Welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm Dolly Barker, and I am so glad that you have tuned in. Um, it really blesses me. Um, I wanted to share some things with you that the Lord has taught me over the last 25 years. Um, and I, I honestly, I thought everybody knew what I knew, and um, um, I gotta be, I gotta be frank with you. Whenever this season happened that we just went through as a nation in the world, this pandemic and all these things that are going on. Um, when I started hearing Christian leaders and people who are in authority over us, when I started hearing people say, um, the church is not essential, I'm going to have to tell you that did something to me. Um, that was like a slap in my face because what is more essential than life? And, um, Jesus is life. This, this is life. This is the source of all good things. This is everything. Everything comes from our relationship with God. Whether you're aware of it or not is irregardless. It is the most essential thing on the planet. It's the most essential thing in the universe, in, in the heavens and below the earth and anywhere. God is the most essential and I can see, though, I understand why some people wouldn't think so because they've been saved by grace for their spirit to become alive unto God. And they're just riding the pew, which is a little scary because there's much more to Christianity than that. And I want to share with you what I feel like the Lord has been showing me for all these years. I really, honestly, I thought everybody knew what I knew and I was just walking it out and I was just living my life and doing what I felt like God was telling me to do. And then the Lord pointed out to me that nobody is teaching about saving your soul, which is uh, very important. Once you've been born again, once you have been spiritually alive to God, you know, your soul, the individual part of you is, is at risk here. Because the Bible tells us so many times to save our soul. And I know a lot of preachers don't even understand this because I hear people teaching about, you know, uh, you know, get born again. Well, you can lose your salvation. Well, it says this and it says that. And you're once saved, you're always saved. And, oh, well, did you really get saved? Did it really take? And there's just confusion about the, the very basic um doctrines in the church and I'm like okay wait a minute they don't realize it's talking about two different things here your spirit and your soul are two different things our master text has been first Thessalonians 5 23 and it says the very God of peace sanctify you holy I pray your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ we are a three-part being you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body your spirit is the part of you that got reborn at salvation became alive unto God. It's one with the Lord. And it is powerful. Powerful. Ah, forgiven, righteous, holy. Everything that God is, your spirit man now is. And and sin is not being imputed to you anymore. In your spirit and in your spirit, you are holy and blameless. And you are just all that and a side of fries. I'm telling you, it's amazing who you are spiritually. But then you still have this soul and you have this flesh. So last time we got together, we were talking about how water baptism deals with your flesh. You're just going to bury it. We're just going to pretend your flesh is dead. 
Because you need to put your flesh down and quit following your flesh and quit doing everything your flesh wants to do because it is destroying you and everybody else in your realm. Um, you are nothing good is in your flesh. Your flesh is an enmity to God. Your flesh is a direct opposition and opposing force against God and the will of God for your life. So the best thing we can do is bury it. And so we do that in water baptism. We go under that water and we say, you know, we're buried with him in his death and we raise to walk in newness of life. Because from now on, we're not going to follow our flesh. We're going to try to follow our spirit. And so then the de deciding factor in whether or not you're successful at doing that is your soul. Your soul gets to decide whether we're going to follow your spirit today or whether we're going to follow your flesh today. But it's not just so you have some more work to do and something hard you have to try to figure out how to accomplish. No, no, no. It's so that you can get victory in your life right now, right here, and in heaven you can get rewards. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today. I know last time we were together I was talking about over in 1 Peter where it was talking about the trial of your faith. Well, that word trial, there's another word in the Bible that has the exact same definition as that word, and it's the trying of your faith, which is found over in James 1 in verse 3. Um, let's start in verse 2. My brethren, count it joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There's a trying of your faith. So if you're not stepping out in faith, there's nothing to try. If you're not believing God for something, there's not going to be a trial. There's not going to be a proving, a testing, a genuineness of your faith. And that's what the word trial and trying both mean in the concordance. So, um, you know, Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? And I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, Lord, you will. Because us stepping out and living a life of faith is the key to us purifying and, and discovering the genuineness and the, the proven ground into the promises of God and what he's given to us. You know, this is what the, the Old Testament prophets desired to look into. This is what the angels of heaven desired to look into. Because everybody from the Old Testament got taken to heaven. All the believers in the Old Testament got taken to heaven. That, that wasn't the deal. They had that also. Jesus led captivity captive when he, when he paid for our redemption. So they're in heaven. What they don't have is the opportunity that we have to walk in the power and the ability of everything that was originally created for us and to save our soul like we're supposed to be doing. So I want to talk about that for a little bit because I think it'll be uh, helpful to you. Um, you know, when, when Christian leaders call us non-essential, uh, I think they've misspoken. And I think it's time that the church do something here. You know, I, I understand they're thinking we're non-essential if all we're going to do is sit on a pew, sing some old outdated hymns, listen to some Reader's Digest quotes, and then just, you know, go home and act like we're all holier than everybody else. And, and that, I can see that that's not essential. But true Christianity is the most essential thing on this planet. Um, it says in verse 4, so there's going to be a trying of your faith and it's going to work patience. Now, patience is important for us. As in the flesh, we all do not want patience. We want what we prayed for and we want it right now. But patience is actually like a superpower. If you'll have patience and hang on, and hold, hold strong to the promises that God has given you, then you will win 
every single battle you enter. You will obtain every single promise that you would like to obtain. So let patience have her perfect work, that you'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Look, the end result of patience is that you're perfect and entire and wanting nothing. I, I can't think of very many people that I know that are perfect and entire and, and are wanting nothing. And so that's a sweet spot. I would like to be there forever. And I think that you would too. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. He gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it'll be given to him. Listen, if you want some wisdom on this subject, please ask God. Don't just sit somewhere and take somebody else's opinion for it. Ask God. He will show you whether or not what I'm saying is right or not. And if it's not, junk it. But if it is, please try to figure this out because this is going to make such a difference for you. This is going to change your life. It says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Let not this man think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. You know, that's what happens when you don't have patience. You, you ask for something. All of a sudden, a little uh, trial comes against what you're believing God for, and you bail, and you, you know, you give up, and you just, you're just floating around out there letting the world decide what you're going to be and what you're going to have. Letting your circumstances tell you what's going to go down today. You know, and the Bible clearly says you are, because you are in Christ. Christ is in you. You are everything he was. He, when the wind tried to come up and blow on him, he spoke to it and stopped it. When demonics uh, came out and tried to do something, he spoke to them. You know, I mean, he, that fig tree, he, he cursed that thing. He had power over his entire world. And, um... And you can too. You you don't have to be in want continuously and, and being um, left behind. But you don't have to let everything you're believing God for be taken from you. No, that's where patience is going to come in. Perseverance, endurance, the process of saving your soul. It is so powerful. And not only is the process of patience going to save your soul, but it is going to deliver you from things that are holding you back and messing you up in the first place. Um, God wants you to not only obtain the promises of God, but he wants you to develop into such a person that those, those trials can't even come against you anymore. He has such a plan for you to be exempt from all the world's um, ways of doing things. And, you know, what the enemy does, though, is he comes around and makes us hate the very things that are going to be the most powerful for us. Nobody likes patience because in your flesh, you know, you're going to have to stand and believe and you're going to have to do something besides just sit around and, and fulfill your lusts. And in that process, though, you literally get free from everything else. So what, what you want to do is once you step out in faith, you want to have endurance. You want to have an ability to withstand hardships or adversity. Um, or even, uh, it said, another definition of it was to us, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. God wants you to have an ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. He wants you to be exempt from the enemy bringing a fire against you and causing you to bow. 
you know, he Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he told him, he said, every time I, <clears throat> every time I play your symptoms, you stop and bow down to me. And, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. And so he came against them with all this stuff. Well, during that process <clears throat> of, excuse me, of standing and trusting God, which was probably hard in the natural for just a moment. But, you know, they ended up, the fire didn't even have power over them. The laws ended up getting changed. Their biggest enemies got destroyed. And then they got promoted. I mean, that's a win, 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 win situation. And all it took was for them to have faith and to stand when the trial came against their faith. And there is so much power in that. And I want the church to to know you don't have to put up with what you're putting up with. You don't have to just endure whatever the world throws at you. You can set your own course. You can decide today what you're going to have. And you can step out in faith and pray and believe God. Uh, Listen to some faith teaching. Get you some faith preachers and start listening to them and then step out and do it. You know, I, I know a lot of people think that faith preaching... It's just about getting money, getting money. Oh, they're just greedy. They're greedy. They're greedy. They got to have an airplane. They got to have this. They got to listen. That's not what it's about at all. I don't have those same things that they have, but I already in, in my process of growing and developing and saving my own soul, I know this for a fact. I don't need anything. And so when I go to pray to believe God for something, he tells me what to pray about. Even when I sat down and I made this huge budget for what I thought I needed, this amount of money that I felt like would carry me for the rest of my life here on earth and I could do everything God called me to do, I brought that to the Lord. I sat down. I prayed. I I said to the Lord, this is what I need. And he told me a figure back three times bigger than that and then let me know that that was just going to be the start. I didn't want that. I didn't need that. But that's what the Lord's saying I need. That's what the Lord wants me to have so that I can be effective in doing what God's called me to do. So now I say, okay, Lord, you know better than me. So I'm going to take up my faith and I'm going to step out and believe God for that thing. Well, that's what happens when you're in faith. What finally occurs is you don't need anything. You don't want anything. And so whenever you're going to pray, God will say to you, hey, do you want this? Hey, I want you to have this. Hey, you need to have this. And so all of a sudden you're like, okay. And so you get in faith and you start believing God for those things. That's why it seems like what those big faith ministries are doing, you just didn't hear about them until they got to the point where they're on TV every week and stuff. So you you weren't there when they were believing God that their car would start. You, you weren't there when they were believing God for their light bill to be paid. Or for their kid to, to get off drugs or for their kid to go to college or for for the money to pay their, you know, buy some clothes for their kids or Christmas present or whatever. You weren't there. You didn't see the process. You you didn't you didn't participate at that level. And now that they're at a place where God's telling them, listen, um, I need you to change this entire nation over here. And to do that, you need to set up some Bible schools over there and you need to raise up some pastors and you need to build some churches and you need to get them some fresh water and you need to start some schools so they can train them and you need to do that. And all of a sudden, they need a couple of million dollars. And so, yeah, they give you an opportunity to sow into their ministry to help them do what God's telling them to go do. 
They weren't just sitting at home one day. They're just like you. They were sitting at home one day saying, man, I wish we owned our own home. And they were sitting at home one day and said, you know, I wish I had a better job. I wish my marriage wasn't falling apart. And so, you know, I, I want you to just consider that maybe we don't know everything. And maybe there's more to this um, walk with God than we thought there was. And maybe if we would pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and teach us, and then maybe if we would open up our Bible and start reading, God would reveal some things to us and would change us. And we would understand where, where some other people were at. It says here, um, it goes on to talk about, I'm going to go ahead and skip up some because there's so much reading. Um, in verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. So every time, okay, so if you step out and believe God for something, what's going to happen is immediately the enemy's going to come against you and say, oh, you're just being greedy. You're just being selfish. God's not going to meet your wants. God just meets your needs. And he's going to start all the typical things that he tells everybody when you're stepping out to believe God for something. You know, you, you have a vehicle, but you know what? It's not dependable. You can't really go anywhere. You're, you're trapped in a seven-year car note. Plus, you got to have full coverage insurance while you're paying on a car. And it's, it's already breaking down on you. And it ain't even big enough for your family in the first place. And then you can't even afford to get the oil change like you're supposed to. So, you know, you've got one thing after the next. And finally, you decide, you know what? I want to believe God for a car that is paid off. And when you decide that and you take that to the Lord and you say, God, I want this car to be paid off. This debt is a burden to us. Me and my wife fight every month. We don't have enough money to make it through the month. You know, I'm stressed out. The kids spill their stuff in it, and it's still not even paid for. You know, I mean, it's just causing crazy problems for you, and it's just not even necessary. And so you're God's kid. You go to the Lord. You say, God, I want to I believe you've paid this car off. And so once that starts happening, you're going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to say, oh, that don't work. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm going to have to get three more jobs, and I'm going to have to do this. You know, I don't know how God's going to do it. He's your source. He's the one that's going to pay that car off. I don't know how he's going to do it. He could have money come in from... I had three different people yesterday tell me of supernatural money that has just... They have tracked them down to give them supernatural money. It happens all the time. And so you're going to be tempted, though, to quit. You're going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to get offended. You're going to be tempted to say, all these preachers want is your money. No, because they're teaching you to sow a seed. Because that will help your faith. Once you know you've sown a seed for something, you're even more confident that you've got seed in the ground and it's going to produce a harvest. And when that harvest comes in, it's going to be your money that's going to help you be able to do this thing. So, you know, you're going to be, but you're going to be tempted to get offended. You're going to be tempted all along the way. You're going to be tempted to blame other people why it's not working. You're going to be tempted to get mad at God. I have, I have hollered and carried on and screamed at God so many times. I remember one day I was trying to mow the yard. I'm, I just can't even tell you what all I said. I just threw a fit because my stuff wasn't working like I thought it should. It was somebody's fault. It was this. It was that. And God, you're not pulling your end of the bargain. And I mean, you're tempted to do all these things. But if you will just hold on, 
Fight to stay at rest. Fight to stay at peace. Fight to walk in love. Faith walks, works by love. Fight to work out this thing. And don't quit trusting God. Get a picture of that thing. Put it on your wall. Get a picture of a title that says paid in full. Put it on your wall. Keep that thing in front of your face. Thank God for it every single day. Don't let go of the vision. Don't give up hope. The enemy will try to distract you. He'll come in with some temptations. Oh, you know what you ought to do? You ought to buy this new car. That would that would be better. It's a little cheaper and you could finance it for a little less. And you know, he'll come in and with all these things to try to get you some other way to take your focus off this thing that you're trying to do because you're in a trial. There's a hearing. The the arguments are coming from the other side. They're bombarding you. They're trying to trip you up. They're trying to make you cave. They're trying to make you give up and walk away. But God wants you to stand. I thank you, God, for the grace of God that we can stand and we can endure. Because you're blessed when you endure temptation, when you stay the course, when you grow up and you're mature and you're going to hang on and you're going to do what God's called you to do. When that happens, you not only receive a crown of life, but it goes right down to say, you know, it goes right over to the next page at, um, well, in my Bible, verse 21 save to save your soul this literally your faith ends up saving your soul because during the process of when you stepped out to believe god for something until the point that you received it you have to learn about god's character as you discover god's character the bible tells us when you see him as he is you'll be just like him that doesn't mean in heaven that means when you are standing and believing god to pay this car off and all these things are happening. Temptations to shiny things over here. Oh, go have an affair. Oh, go do this. Go watch that. Nobody will know. Go buy you this. Go get that drink. You know, there'll be so many blatant temptations and so many shiny things to get you to medicate yourself. You know what we do when we don't want to deal with something? We numb the pain. And we do that through our flesh. But do you know to save your soul, you have to put that flesh down you can't numb the pain of your flesh and then think you're going to be hearing from God on how to navigate the, with your soul because you numbed yourself out. And it can be anything. You can numb yourself out on ice cream. You can numb yourself out with, you know, any, anything. But you can numb yourself out to the point where you don't hear the Lord. And what happens is that temptation will steal your faith. But if you'll stand and continue to believe, and listen, it says here, and don't think God's tempting you because that's, that's one of the tricks of the devil. He'll say, oh, God trying to make you be stronger. God's trying to tempt you to teach you a lesson. God's trying to see if you're really going to do it. God ain't doing no such thing. It says in verse 13, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil, and he tempts no man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. That word death means separation. It's, it's, it's going to steal your soul. 
It's going to steal your soul. That's the whole purpose of the temptations is to try to get you off track, to take your focus off of what you're believing God for so that you will fail. And once you fail, you're going to be tempted then. The enemy's going to come with another temptation. It didn't work. Look, God lied. That preacher, she's full of it. Oh, all she wants was your money. All she, and that's what, all we do. Because no, because we're infants and we haven't figured out how to stand and how to believe God and how to grow up and how to eat the meat of the word. And we're still sucking on a bottle, sitting around, wah, 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 all day long. And the church in the entire world, most of them are still baby infants sitting around thinking there's nothing more than they just got born and that was it. They think that's all there is to salvation. It says, do not err, my beloved brethren, in verse 16. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Listen, watch your mouth. Don't let the enemy push you and prod you until he gets you screaming and flailing about and hollering and saying a bunch of crazy stuff. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So this next key here is receive with meekness the engrafted word. What it's telling you to do there is when you're tempted, God didn't send it. He did not send it, but he will help you. He will give you the good gifts. He will give you the help you need. He will be there. He's your ever-present help in time of need. But what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to trust the Word of God. Receive with meekness. Quit acting like you've got it all figured out when obviously you don't. Okay? If you had it all figured out, you wouldn't be in the situation you're in. And that's for all of us. Okay? None of us have it all figured out. So we have to humble ourselves. We have to receive with meekness. We have to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm trying to do this, and I'm struggling. I don't understand how this is working, and I'm tempted to get mad at you, and I know it's not your fault, and I need, I need a word, God. I need you to strengthen my faith. I need for my faith to be encouraged, and, and, and God will send you a word. He'll either have the, your, one of your preachers say it. It'll just be the perfect fix for you, man. They will answer the problem that you're dealing with. Or else you'll open your Bible and you'll start reading. And the next thing you know, oh my gosh, he is opening up the word of God to you and you're seeing something for the first time. Or maybe you have a preacher that knows how to preach the word of God and knows how to teach faith. And so you go to church and oh my goodness, he confirms it. He says something that, oh, that's the next level. There's, he's going to give you clues. He's going to give you the next answer. It says in the word, if you knock, he will open it. If, if, you, if you seek, you'll find it. You know, he tells you, pursue truth. Pursue truth. Let me, let me explain something. Once you pursue truth and you're seeking to figure out how to do things God's way, you are going to, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're going to, laws get changed because of those things that happen. I'm telling you, we've had legal things change in our favor because of our stand in faith. Laws will get changed. All of a sudden, you will find favor with, with rulers that, that you would have never had before. That's happened for us. Or else you'll be 
you'll be, you know, your enemies, the very people that were that were set out to destroy you in the first place, they will be the ones that get destroyed unless they repent, you know, unless they get themselves straight with God. And then you get promoted. Listen, there's so many wonderful levels to serving God. There are levels in this thing. And every time you master a new level, you get promoted. And as you get promoted, your anointing gets stronger. Your, your, everything about your life gets stronger. You know, um, God can't give a brand new baby Christian the same anointing that Jesus had. Let me, let me just, you know, give you an illustration. Everything that Jesus said happened. He cursed that fig tree. He didn't run around it for 30 minutes hollering and screaming, cussing at it. And he didn't go grab a chainsaw and whack it up. And he, he just spoke to it one time and then went away. He didn't care. He knew what was going to happen to that tree. He, he wasn't questioning whether or not what he said was going to happen to that tree. He absolutely knew without a shade or a shadow of a doubt what was going to happen to that tree because he spoke to it. And he knew the power in his words because he had worked out his salvation. He, was, he had it going on. But if you as a baby Christian had that same portion of anointing, and you're driving to work on Monday morning and some guy cuts you off and you start hollering, you idiot. Well, I'm going to just think about this for a minute. What would happen to the driver in that other car? What would happen? And as baby Christians, we're running around just wham, 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 wham. We're not considering the consequences of anything that we say. We're not considering the power in our words and how hurtful they are to people around us. And we're, we're, we're Christians, we're on our way to heaven, and yet we have all these problems because we're struggling with if we have enough anointing to handle this next season because we would use it in a negative way. And so we're looking around at the church and we're thinking there's no power in the church today. There was power in the church in the book of Acts. Peter had power. His shadow healed people. Paul had power. You know, all the apostles, they had all this power. Well, that was the former reign. The latter reign is going to be greater. The Bible says the latter church is going to be greater than the former church. There's coming a church at some point that's going to be more powerful and more glorious than the church in the book of Acts. I'm going to be a part of it. And I'm telling you right now, you can be too. And we have to learn how to save our soul. We have to learn how to walk by faith. We have to learn how to obtain the promises. We have to grow our faith. We have to grow. We have to mature. You're never going to be perfect. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to reach some plateau out there where you've got it all together and you don't do anything wrong. That's never going to happen. I mean, it could, but I've never seen that person yet. Jesus did it. And there, it's a possibility because if Jesus did it, you can do it. But I'm just saying, don't get condemned. Don't get to feeling bad because you're trying to do this and you blow it. You know, that I have blown it so bad so many times. The beautiful thing about anything you do with the Lord is the Bible says, His mercy's new every day. There have literally been days in my walk with God where I have blown it so bad throughout the day that I go to bed early. I just tell my family, I just cook supper or whatever, and I say, okay, I'm going to bed. I had a hard day. I'll see you all in the morning. And I just go get in bed and go to sleep and pray that tomorrow I do better. Because His mercy is new every day. And some days I just feel like, you know, enough's enough. And I just, I just 
you know. But then the next morning, I get up and I trust the Word of God that His mercy was new every day. And I start off every single day with a brand new slate. I haven't done nothing wrong. I forget those things that are behind me and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. Listen, there's a prize to obtain. The Apostle Paul was teaching it all the time. There's a prize to obtain. The Bible tells us right here in James, remember he said in verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12, you'll receive a crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. That's an eternal reward. An eternal reward. You know, the Bible talks to us about, um, we're going we're gonna to get into this, where it talks about how you build on this foundation. The foundation that you have in your life as a born-again believer is that Jesus Christ is your foundation. Because of that foundation, because the foundation's been laid, you have the ability and the potential to do amazing things. But if you don't know it, and if you don't step out and try to learn, and if you don't try to figure out how to grow, you're going to miss out on eternal rewards that are going to last for billions of years. Eternity is a long time to get there and have a bunch of regret. Amen? Listen, I want to encourage you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to say, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to figure out how to obtain the promises of God. I'm going to figure out how to walk in faith. I'm going to start listening to some faith preachers. I'm going to start quit judging them and deciding what their motives are, and I'm going to try to learn something from them and see if I can't come up with a more successful life than I'm living right now. Amen? Listen, I love you. God bless you, and I will see you again next week. And... Um, I really do appreciate you listening, and thank you. God bless.